You're listening to Additive Snack, the podcast dedicated, created, and streamed to support you on your additive manufacturing journey through stimulating education, compelling discussions on cutting-edge technologies, and inspiring personalities. I am Fabian Adefeld, part of the award-winning consulting, engineering, and education team called Additive Minds here at EOS in North America. And I'm your host. If you missed IMTS, don't you worry. We've got you covered. In the next four special episodes, we're covering our Additive Snack interviews, recorded at the International Manufacturing Technology Show. To be specific, at the IMTS Plus Creators Lounge. And with me at the IMTS Creators Lounge, we had outstanding guests with us. We talked to Rich Stump, co-founder and CCO at Fathom, to John Wilzinski, the executive director of America Makes, Mike Vasquez, founder of 3Degrees Consulting, and also host of the 3Degrees podcast. And we talked to Duan Scott, founder of Bits to Atoms. In this first IMTS special episode, we're joined by Rich Stump. Rich is the co-founder and CCO at Fathom, and Rich has actually been on Additive Snack before. Rich's career in additive manufacturing is inspiring, and the work that Fathom does is paving the way for other manufacturing organizations out there. But listen for yourself. Let's tune into my conversation with Rich at the IMTS Plus Creators Lounge. Welcome to the IMTS Plus Creators Lounge. My name is Fabian Adelfeld, and I am, on the one hand, part of a very cool company called EOS. We're the leader in industrial additive manufacturing for metal and polymer technologies, but I'm also the host of Additive Snack, the additive manufacturing podcast that inspires and educates people around 3D printing by interviewing awesome, incredible people out of the additive manufacturing industry. And with me today, I have Rich Stump, uh, co-founder and CCO of Fathom. Welcome to Thanks. this it's good awesome to see event here. How's it going? Good, man. Good, man. Good. Uh, last time we spoke, you were actually a guest on Additive Snack. So we've already had the pleasure of interviewing you. Uh, but, you know, things change and it's been almost a year. It has been a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rich, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and about Fathom. Thanks. So my name is Rich Stump. I'm the co-founder and chief commercial officer for a company called Fathom. Uh, Fathom is an advanced manufacturing company. We leverage uh, over 25 manufacturing processes to help our customers innovate and get their products to market faster. My personal backgrounds in product development started my career actually in printed circuit board manufacturing and then moved into uh, computer-aided design, so CAD and simulation, data management. Spent some time in a com company called PTC mm -hmm. and then at ANSYS, uh, working with companies to virtually prototype their products and learned about this technology of additive manufacturing and wanted to start a business around it. So started a company in 2008, uh, built around additive technologies and then supporting customers, over 5,000 customers, leveraging you know multiple additive technologies alongside traditional manufacturing to uh, really change the way that they're developing and designing their products. So super passionate about technology, yeah. love the product development process and how to incorporate new processes, whether it's software or hardware, to really change your mindset and do things differently. So obviously that plays well into additive as, as you're well familiar with. So. Yeah, totally. And you make it sound so easy, you know, whereas PTC and Ansys and we started a 3D printing company and now we're actually public and yeah. uh, this, this humongous organization. So tell us more about the, the founding process of your first additive organization and how did that evolve into what Fathom is today? 
Yeah, so we negotiated the rights to be the first North American distributor for a company called Object at the time, and it was an Israeli company with an inkjet 3D printing technology. And uh, we started selling machines out of our garage in the Bay Area. Uh, we're very awesome. cash conscious, and you know, as the technology evolved, we uh, we built out a production center. We brought on more additive technologies, and working alongside customers at the time, this was 2008. So most of the applications were around prototyping, mm -hmm. and as new technologies came about and new processes and materials, uh, we incorporated them. And, and now we're kind of making this journey as an industry from prototyping into production. So. Right. You know, we've really built the business around uh, how to leverage these technologies. And it's not just additive. And I think that's uh, a big thing that I think people get hung up on is additive manufacturing is a great enabling tool, you know, whether you're plastic or metals of various materials. But when you incorporate it alongside traditional manufacturing, it really opens up an envelope of new opportunities from an application set perspective. So that's what we're really passionate about. You know, I built a great business, around great people and a culture. Um, and the culture is really just change your mindset. Think differently. You know, we come from a, an industry that has been so set in many ways from uh, manufacturing barriers yeah. that I think we have, we talked about this before, is, is changing our mindset to think differently to really allow us to use the benefit of these new technologies. So, I think one thing that makes you guys very, very unique in the market is that, as you said, you combine conventional manufacturing and right. additive manufacturing and you leverage both technologies with their limitations and their benefits and opportunities to create very unique processes, very unique applications. And you set yourself, um, yeah, you, you apart from your competition in the, in the industry. And this show IMTS kind of is the same thing, right? You have right. a lot of conventional manufacturing. There's a lot of technology here. Yeah. 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 And you have a, a small additive manufacturing pavilion. So you've, 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 you've been here for, uh, for a little while, right? When did you get in? I got in uh, Monday night. Okay. So okay. I've been, it's so much to, to, to take in, right? There's, there's a lot here. It's a big show, but um, yeah, to your point on the hybridized manufacturing, I think that's really the opportunity. And, and that's a unique thing. I think about Fathom, we have, You know, 12 sites, uh, we do injection molding, sheet metal, uh, CNC machining, and, and obviously additive. And additive is a key portion of our business. But if you look at it, it's like you mentioned, it's, it's looking at the strengths and weaknesses of these technologies and putting them together to really put a solution in place for the customer. So most of our projects, customers come to us with the requirements or problem they're trying to solve. Yeah. And we solve that problem leveraging, you know, hybridized manufacturing. It's looking at, you know, what are the requirements? What is the customer trying to do? Mm -hmm. And then what are the benefits of each manufacturing process and the weaknesses yeah. and putting that together in a hybridized fashion to really do something differently. And so whether it's, you know, instead of uh, when, the, when the parts are really complex and, and the injection mold tools will, will have a lot of tool action, yeah. we use additive. When the parts are really uh, simple and it's levered, relatively easy to build a, an injection molding tool, we'll use injection and then CNC, same. So you, you're really looking at, What are the requirements? What are the strengths and weaknesses? And using the right technology at the right time to provide a, a unique solution for the customer. Yeah, 100%. And that's, that's really also the, you know, the, the, the strength of additive manufacturing is to provide these unique, unique products. And I do wonder, is there an example part application that you're able to talk about? Because we're an additive and yeah. oftentimes we can't talk about these parts. But is there a part that you guys worked on where you, you know, leveraged multiple manufacturing technologies and 
uh, were able also to go into production. I'm interested about production applications. Yeah, I mean, there was a project we did uh, for a Fortune 10 company where we used, uh, we made 20,000 parts in 27 days from 12 wow. different manufacturing processes. And it's really looking at the, the bomb the customer has, and, and it was a tight timeline as their go-to-market, um, you know, timeline was really, really tight. And so, mm -hmm. Uh, that was one project. Recently, I mean, we're working on a bunch of new innovative uh, additive technologies. A uh, company called Evolve, probably familiar with. The technology came out of Kodak, mm -hmm. spun out of Stratasys. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're bringing that technology in-house really to support customers with uh, low-volume injection molding parts. Okay. Um, we're working at a company called Mantle, actually. That, that's really interesting. They have a new additive process um, that prints uh, a green state part mm -hmm. and has a mill inside the printer that mills oh, okay. at each layer. Uh, we're using that application to make uh, quick turn in injection mold tools. And you're making, you know, after it centers, you're, you're making a, a real tool that you can mold hundreds of thousands or millions of parts from in a short amount of time with awesome. conformal cooling inside the part. And so you can optimize the cycle time and, and uh, the scrap. And, and so there's a lot of new additive technologies, I think, that are coming out. Where mm -hmm. I see a big uh, application set today as we make this journey into production and we've talked about this before is really what I call validation builds. So EVT, DVT, maybe even PVT builds where customers are ultimately going to go to a conventional manufacturing process at some point, given the volumes of the journey of that product. Mm -hmm. But there's this opportunity to use additive uh, in the meantime, as they get there to really accelerate their development process and sure. not have to invest in hard tooling when the, when the design is still somewhat fluid. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that I think is a great, realistic application where the technology makes sense today as we mature as an industry for more downstream production. That is actually a very interesting concept that we do see more and more organizations go towards, meaning I use additive manufacturing in my R&D and bridge, in my, yeah. my production ramp up phase too, yep. because there's also oftentimes there's unknown demand, uh, there's uh, design changes along the way as I go along and test and uh, I want to get faster into the markets. And then I switch to conventional manufacturing right. too in my bulk of my production. But since I have a validated additive part, I can now also use additive for the end tail of the life cycle, right. which is super interesting to push into digital warehousing, to spare push parts. into yeah. spare parts. Yeah. Um, so I do wonder, is that a strategy that your customers are also uh, moving towards that you support? Yeah, I think if we look at the product life cycle. So if we look at the product development process, right? Additive has historically been used for prototyping, kind of front end, iterative, you know, get a lot of concepts into a physical form quickly to, to iterate the process. And to your point, as you look at the whole life cycle and the tail end for things like spare parts and digital warehousing, there's also a, an opportunity there. Yeah. As an industry, you know, I think the biggest barriers of growth for additive for production parts is we've talked about this is awareness and education, mm -hmm. which I think is, is evolving and, and, and we're, we're getting better at that. But it's also the economic uh, envelope and, you know, materials are, are getting, uh, you know, they're getting less expensive, which yeah. is good, which then allows us to use it for more downstream applications. So mm -hmm. we still have a journey there. I think we're 100%. still early days. I mean, yeah. I think about additive manufacturing and being at this show and there's so much new technology and so many new materials. Uh, it's still in its infancy, you yeah, know, it 100%. hasn't been around nearly as long as traditional manufacturing. No. So we have to be realistic on, you know, how somewhat immature the industry, uh, the technologies are, mm -hmm. but we're making a lot of progress. I feel like the last really three to five years have been super impactful in, in our journey of yes. adoption of additive and our customers adoption 
And I think the next five years will be very exciting. No, I mean, you know, in the past five years, we, I think as an industry, grew by almost uh, 10x. Yeah. We're right. now still very small compared to the rest <laughs> of the manufacturing industry. The total manufacturing industry is 13 trillion Huge. US dollars yeah, worth. Big addressable market, yeah. Additive is 15 billion. Right. Uh, so we still have a little bit of room to grow. And what's also interesting to mention is that additive manufacturing is not necessarily a competitive technology to conventional manufacturing. Correct. It's an it is just like you guys use it, it's an enabler and a additional tool in your tool belt yep. to move to more advanced concepts and hybrid concepts as well. And that's why, you know, in Wisconsin, in our facility in Wisconsin, when you walk the floor and you look at the projects that we work on, you'll see traditional machined or, you know, traditional manufactured product, but additive will be incorporated some way along that journey to accelerate the development of those parts. Yeah. And so it comes back to that hybridized methodology. It's, it's the creative minds thinking, how can we use this tool or tools, depending on you know, what the product is, to, to really accelerate and, and do something differently? And so that's, that's where we use the technology. I mean, it's, it's great for prototyping. It'll still, the prototype growth will be there. Sure. Customers yeah. will continue to leverage additive for prototyping. But as you look more downstream, I mean, if you look like jigs and fixtures, it's a huge market. Yeah. Right. And traditionally machine jigs and fixtures, you can do things additive wise that make a ton of sense. And so when I walk, you know, a company like a Tesla or, you know, some of our other large customers, a Rivian, a Lucid, you know, some of the, just look at the EV market mm -hmm. and you walk their manufacturing floor. There's so much more opportunities to lever ad, leverage additive. And, you know, it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to be a part of an industry that's growing. Uh, but again, we can't isolate additive. And I think that's common in some organizations is they have an additive manufacturing department. What I encourage our customers is incorporate it with the rest of, of, of the organization from a manufacturing standpoint, because that's when you really start to unlock value. Super important message. And uh, also not an easy journey. No, you have to no, change a lot of minds. You have to change um, management's hard. Change. Yeah. How, how do some of your customers uh, do that? What are some recipes that you've seen uh, that were successful? I think when we engage with our customers and they come to our facilities or we have conversations and we actually incorporate it in a real project and they can see it, you know, it's tangible yeah. for them. Then kind of the light bulb goes off. Um, you know, most organizations have some form of additive manufacturing equipment, whether it's a small desktop machine or, or a larger, um, you know, build, build envelope machine. There's, there's, they've used additive uh, in some way or form, mostly prototyping. But as, as the new younger workforce has, has gotten into, um, you know, into various roles in engineering, manufacturing operations, et cetera, we're starting to see because at school they had access to additive. So they have yep. some education of it. And so it's just building on top of that education. And for us, it's, it's just about thinking differently, um, not constraining yourself uh, during the design process on manufacturing constraints. Because even in traditional manufacturing, we've had historical constraints that even new technologies can overcome today. So it's about staying kind of, you know, staying up to date with, with what, the, what the technologies can do, but really changing yeah. that mindset to do something differently. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, the main message is in the end, do something differently. Just do it. Start with a small project that uh, shows the feasibility of the technology and, and educate. 
And then we need to educate new generations right. and existing, existing generations, generations yeah. of engineers who have learned conventional manufacturing. But oftentimes we don't do them justice. We always say they don't want to learn. No, they, they want to learn. We just sometimes make it a bit too difficult. So um, last question from my side before we wrap up. Uh, what's next for Fathom? You guys just went public. Yeah. What's the next big thing? Well, it's been a great journey. You know, we built the business and then we took it public last December. And so for us, uh, it's really about growing, supporting our customers. We mm -hmm. we we're about a you know just under two hundred million dollar year business today, and we want to get to a billion dollars. You know, with yeah. COVID bringing in all the the challenges from a supply chain perspective, our customers are trying to work with less suppliers who can do more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we got to continue to invest in new technologies. We got to continue to invest in, in new capacity of existing technologies, and educate our team members on this hybridized manufacturing. We're gonna put a big investment into software development, um, really building out the digital thread of our business from customer requirements all the way to shipping parts, you know, connecting uh, an enterprise data platform to get more data so we can analyze the data to support you know, more growth and invest smartly. And so software is gonna be a big investment moving forward alongside obviously more capacity and more technologies. Awesome. I, I actually can't wait to uh, have a further discussion with you because I'm super curious about that digital threat that you guys are working on. And we do see a lot of value and uh, insights in other organizations. that are putting Yeah, we've got to connect end to end, right? And that's exactly that's a difficult journey. Yeah. Um, MES and ERP and CRM, CPQ, all of the modules within the, the thread are uh, need to be connected. So yeah. love to have that yeah. conversation. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for uh, being on, at the IMTS Plus Creators here. Lounge. This was our first interview at the IMTS Plus Creators Lounge with Rich Dump, a live recording from the 2022 International Manufacturing Technology Show. Rich is a role model for many of us, paving the way of integrating additive manufacturing into traditional manufacturing value chains. If this episode inspired you or might help some friends and colleagues get their additive manufacturing career kickstarted, please help us by sharing our podcast. I'm Fabian Allerfeld. Thank you for listening to Additive Snack. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to not miss the next special episode live from IMTS. Next week with John Wolzinski, the Executive Director of America Mix. We're also working on our next miniseries, the AM Space Race, launching in 2023. So stay tuned. A special thanks for this episode goes to the IMTS Plus team as well as the Industrial Strength Marketing Team with James Soto, Jim Olin, Jim Eisenbeck, and Jessica Goff. And of course, to my co-producer, Kristen Eisminger, as well as Shannon Bauch. <laughs>